0: well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth Radio. This is your host, Joel Craft, coming to you from KKXX Studios Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is good to be with you. Another week night, Monday night, kicking off a new week. I believe it is our ninth week together in our new format. And uh, I'm excited about tonight. I have... Uh, Prishner over from St. John the Baptist Catholic Church uh, with us, Matt Crete. Matt, it's good to have you with us tonight.
1: Thanks, Joe. It's always good to be with you.
0: So, Matt, Monday night is about witnessing to our faith. And in the first eight weeks, we've taken up uh, very different topics, themes, if you will. Tonight, we're going to have the opportunity to talk about just not fatherhood, but how we've been given a prism to better understand our sonship in light of our fatherhood. There is the uh, great uh, moment uh, line from Superman where he looks down at his son and he says, it is in becoming a father that I now understand what it means to be a son. I tell you what, I have not uh, heard, outside of Scripture, of course, one line that sums up divine sonship better than that. It is in becoming a father that I... I better understand what it means to be a, a son, uh, this, this great divine sonship moment. And so, we're going to talk about this tonight. Certainly, we're going to talk about in the context as, as fathers, as you and I are both fathers of young children, but also um, for all of our listeners out there, as parents, that a, a mother can say the same thing. It, it is in becoming a mother that I, I truly understand now. Uh, what it means to be a daughter in Christ. So, uh, this is going to be the focus of our discussion. So, really, it it moves us towards better understanding uh, how God gives us the opportunity to gain uh, more insight into our relationship with Him through this uh, human analogy that we call courtship and a relationship. And there's a paragraph from the Catechism, Matt, that I think sums it up well, if you can get us going with that.
1: Yeah, sure, Joe. Um, Paragraph 239 out of the Catechism of the Catholic Church uh, reads in part, The language of faith thus draws on the human experience of parents who are, in a way, the first representatives of God for man. But this experience also tells us that human parents are fallible and can disfigure the face of fatherhood and motherhood. We ought, therefore, to recall that God transcends the human distinction between the sexes. He is neither man nor woman. He is God. He also transcends human fatherhood and motherhood, although he is their origin and standard. No one is father as God is father. It seems fitting, Joe, that, that we speak of fatherhood not only as, as we are fathers, but also as you as you mentioned, that our human fatherhood helps us to better understand the divine sonship that we have been given to our heavenly father and also it allows us to better understand the, the revelation that god has given us especially in this week as we lead up through the the solemnity of the Triduum woman into the the feast of easter and, and sure. the season of easter it helps us to understand better i think the the relationship that we have with our father the relationship that the father wishes to have with us, but also to the process in getting from where we are to where we're called to be in that revelation helping us to get there one of the one of the reflections that that I've been struck with in in the uh, four plus years that I've been uh, blessed to be a, a father of children of my own is very um, synonymous with the path of revelation through the story of the people of israel and the bible story in in the context of early on in revelation and early on in in the childhood of of my kids a lot of the the parenting manifests itself as the setting of rules and sort of defining the bounds of how the children interact with myself and my wife as as parents but also as how they're supposed to interact with their siblings and the rest of society at large and early on in in the old testament in um, the books of the pentateuch uh, the later books of the pentateuch revolve around the giving of the law and the setting forth of the of the old covenant um, which is primarily a juridical covenant and then as as revelation progresses through the through the story of salvation history as we as we find in Scripture it becomes more of a relational covenant. The manifestation of, of Jesus Christ as the incarnate Son of God signals a, a radical change in that covenantal relationship from a, a juridical covenant and a juridical relationship of rules to the relational component of, of a more rich and um, and deeper abiding love that we see in in the Gospels, in the person of Jesus Christ, and later on in the Old Testament, in the writings of, of the, uh, the early church.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and um, as we're talking about law and we're talking about relationship, I'm mindful, Matt, to where the word law itself comes from. Um, the, the Hebrew yarah, it is an archery term. And the actual meaning of yarah, while that's the word that we derive from law, means um, bullseye. Bullseye, to, to hit the mark. Right? And that, and certainly, and you speak to it well in its juridical sense, it is to live according to the law of God, and certainly in the Torah, the, the, the Mosaic law. It's interesting if you were to fast forward as you were speaking into this more intimate relationship, Paul uses uh, a Greek term that, when he's talking about sin, he uses a Greek term that translates the Hebrew, and it's to miss the mark. So when we talk about sin in the Greek, it's to miss the mark. Well, what are you missing? Well, you're missing the law, the law of God. Well, what is that? Is it just uh, not doing something that God wants you to do? Is that how we define sin? No. Sin is disobedience. Sin, best defined, is breaking God's heart. Because the law, as you just spoke to it, Matt, is no longer about what is just etched onto stone, but now what is inscribed upon the heart. It's the great Jeremiah 31, verses 31 to 34 moment where Jeremiah, when talking about the coming of the Messiah, says, the new covenant, the new dispensation of grace will no longer be written on stone, like that, of course, of the, of the tablets, the Ten Commandments, but now it will be inscribed upon the heart. It's interesting that that's the only time that you see the word or phrase, new covenant in the Old Testament in the Old Covenant, and it speaks directly to what you're talking about. So, yeah, there's this maturation process. You know, and I think as you were speaking to your kids, I, I was thinking of some of my own experiences and how I have my rules, my wife and I, we have our rules and regulations and, and what we do in our day when we get home from school or if it's a play day, whatever it is, we have our rules. And I'm thinking now of my oldest, if he breaks the rule, yeah, there's going to be a consequence. What's interesting though, Matt, is there are times he just says, well, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't, and he turns his back and he, he goes away. But what we've been given in the new covenant, in this power of the Holy Spirit, you know, the Romans 8.15 moment, we, have no long, we no longer uh, live in, in fear, where we draw back in slavery, but now we've been given the grace and the power to cry, Abba, Father, is that, yeah, we are not made to say, well, I don't understand, and we turn our back. No. We've been given this grace to cry, Abba, Father. This language of intimacy, this language of relationship. I mean, Abba is translated as Papa. It's Daddy. Um, And so, really, it highlights this this relationship that isn't just, you know, father-son, but really father-child, one who's an infant. Because it's not often that you see a 30, 35-year-old saying to their dad, Daddy, right? It's more intimate. It's more infant-like. And so, we are not made to just turn our back and say, well, I just don't understand. No, we are to turn towards Christ and say, help me understand why you have these laws in place. And as a father, we opened up with the point, you know, Matt, we've been given this prism from which to better understand our sonship through our fatherhood. As a father, I say to my son, I want to help you understand why i'm i'm telling you can't do this and now why there's a consequence because once i help him understand what does that mean he's probably not going to do it again because he's going to going to better appreciate right why my wife and i have this rule and why there's a consequence tied to it it's going to make him think more critically about what he's doing very relevant to our discussion I, i loved you know when we were talking about this before i loved that piece of how In Revelation itself, there's this maturation process, and its crescendo is this new intimacy, this new relationship, and this is what we are to embark upon. Mindful always that as I say to my son, I want to help you understand, I turn back and look at God the Father and say, ah, I hear what you're saying. I want to help you understand why I'm disciplining you. And that's of course the essence of what we're hearing about tonight. How again there's this analogy to draw from, uh, which is very important.
1: One thing in in you speaking to to Romans eight fifteen in in particular is that um, sentiment of crying out as Abba Father, and more specifically the the fact that we have been given a spirit not of fear, yeah. but it, it seems in my experience and in talking with with people through my days in, in youth ministry and my own experiences, that fear oftentimes leads to that moment where we say, I don't understand, and we turn our back. And I think one of the things that, that this paragraph from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 239, speaks to is that one reason that we might do that is in turning our back from God and saying, I don't understand, is that we see the, the fallibility and the errors or the, the shortcomings of our parents yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the disfigurement of, of true motherhood and fatherhood that we see in the, the human nature of our parents and if when we see that if we project that to our heavenly father out of fear of being let down mm-hmm. or or being hurt as we have with our human parents if we project that onto god the father we no longer have that spirit where in which we cry abba father but instead can hold back out of fear of that vulnerability in the relationship with god the father and i think that the paragraph that i read speaks speaks beautifully to that in demonstrating one of the things that we need to overcome in our fallen nature insofar as we project that onto our relationship with god the father
0: yeah within the church we have met uh, the theology of healing of memories and what what really lies at the center of that is forgiveness where we take jesus into that moment in our past you know whether we were 10 15 or 20 when we were hurt by a loved one in particular as we're talking now by a parent something that happened to bring jesus into that moment and to allow jesus to conquer that moment and his divine love to take over that moment and to really allow the spirit to move and for there to be an invasion of grace into our very souls so that we might begin to better understand um, that, yeah, if I'm going to be the best father, the best mother that I can be, I need to allow God into my life in such a way where I'm not passing on this disfigurement. You spoke to it well there. Human nature, we are all broken. No one set of parents are perfect out there. <laughs> you know, We try our best, but sometimes we fall. And the reality is we need to be able to enter into that reconciliation process with our parents, and that also means Matt and I've journeyed with some people in this. Um, for those parents who have passed away, you know, to allow God in, you know, because I have people say to me, "Well, my my mother and father have passed away. I can't do that." Well, actually, no, you can. You really can. You can allow the Spirit of God into that moment and to allow. Uh, that love which transcends time to to take over that moment and to conquer that moment. Because as Romans 5.20 reminds us, where sin arises, grace abounds all the more. We need to f- seek out that grace of forgiveness lest we pass on this dis- disfigurement. And I'll tell you, Matt, I'll just share personally, being one of 11 kids, there was a lot of disfigured moments growing up in my life. And and I don't, you know, one can well imagine when there's 11 kids in, in a house Um, And and God God has been so good in my life that he has allowed me to see that, yeah, I want to fill in those gaps. You know, my father passed away when I was in high school. My mother's still alive. Um, But there's been moments where, yeah, I needed to go back and bring Jesus into a few moments and say, conquer this moment. And by God's grace, you know, he has worked. And uh, this is so important for me, but for my own kids, uh, lest they, 20 years down the road, have to bring God into a moment between me and, and, and any of my kids. Uh, we, we hand on who we are. You know, we, it's incredible. You and I, boy, we can have a whole other program on how our kids absorb everything that we do. And everyone who's listening out there who has kids knows exactly what we're talking about right now. You know, it's just incredible how they absorb everything that you do. It's part of human nature, and so we have to be people of reconciliation that we might be the best father and parent that God is calling us to be, as we're talking about this, Matt, you had another uh story that you wanted to talk about
1: yeah it, uh, the, the the reflection that I had um, speaks to to the same idea that that you were talking with about the transcendent love and also leads us very nicely and very neatly into this the easter season that we're leading into and that is that in the giving of law essentially in in setting the rules for behavior even in giving that law to uh, to my kids i know full well when i give it that it will be broken that the the things that i set forth as you know proper behavior are, are things that my kids are going to fall short of. And yet, in spite of the, the numerous times every day, whether it be every minute or, you know, a, a hundred times a day or more, the one moment that, it, and it can happen at any point in the day, the mm. one moment that you find them coming to you and spontaneously giving you a hug or saying, I love you, daddy, or just uh, uh, the simple act of, you know, scooting next to you on the couch instead of sitting on the opposite end mm-hmm. and, and kind of being in, in close proximity. It hel- those moments overshadow dozens and hundreds of, of moments that they fall short of the rules and the law that we set for them. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's an interesting reflection on that, taken to the nth degree with our Heavenly Father's willingness to forgive us in our transgressions if we enter into that relationship with Him and if we strive to nurture that that loving relationship. It's an interesting reflection on the juxtaposition of of mercy and justice and that the, the scales of justice... Aren't always weighed the same when you factor in and you, out, out of love, you enter into this space of mercy. It uh, kind of helps get to a, a better understanding of how the Father, in light of all of our sins, and, and I know for me personally, I know my sins better than anyone else does, and I seem to be able to, to judge myself much better than other people. Mm-hmm. And yet how someone who knows all of our sins and knows them actually better than we do can be so willing and able to forgive us, it, it's a very interesting prism mm-hmm. to, to reflect on that, that mercy and forgiveness of the, of the Heavenly Father in light of our kids as, as human.
0: Yeah, and Matt, you know, I was speaking with someone uh, recently, who had not been to confession, and I think over 20 years, and he wanted nothing to do with confession. And as you were talking, I thought, you know, in those 20 years, there were maybe thousands of no's. But how God must have rejoiced at his one yes, and how in that one yes, it just drowns out all those no's. And in the case of this particular individual uh, who shared with me his story in tears, not his confession, but his journey of faith in tears, it really highlights what you're talking about, because it's the father's embrace. It's the prodigal son. The son, once he comes to his senses after blowing his uh, inheritance, he returns to his father, and his father just doesn't wait for him. He runs to him. So, in in the son's yes to return back home, the father just doesn't wait. He runs to him. And, of course, the father is the prototype to God, the father. He runs to us in our own uh, iniquity. When we When we seek him out and we say yes, he's running out to us and he's embracing us. Uh, Because why? Well, we are now uh, scooting close over to him on the couch, (laughs) on his heavenly couch, right? And that's really what it's about, to restore that relationship and enter into uh, that one yes. You know, I was talking earlier about sin, uh, breaking up our Father's heart. Well, all the more reason why when we say yes, the Father's heart rejoices, and uh, so should we. Uh, Praise God for uh, these relationships, and there's something else, you know, as you talk about justice and mercy and how justice is the embodiment of the law and mercy transcends the law. As we focus in on this season of Lent, and it's Monday now, Matt, we're moving uh, closer to Friday and Good Friday. As we talk about relationships, and certainly even the dynamic of maybe some disfigured relationships, there is, I think, a very powerful reflection that our Lord gives us on the cross. You know, I have heard it said to me recently that, you know, people around, some friends of mine, have hurt them. Uh, They've done things to them that have just affected them in both word and deed. And they've said to me, well, I'm just waiting for them to apologize, to me, fair enough, but our Lord teaches us something else. He says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He forgives because the fullest expression of forgiveness is to love and to love like Christ loves, and that's hard. That's hard for me. If I've been hurt, I don't want to hear that, <laughs> you know, I <laughs> that's the last thing I want to hear, and yet, this is what Christ calls us to, Matt. To imitate him in every way and everything. To be able to say, Lord, I forgive them for they know not what they do. Lord, help me better understand what it means to forgive. What it means to to live without the expectation of forgiveness. To forgive without the apology is to love immeasurably. We need to enter into Christ's expression of forgiveness, which certainly is a great vehicle of our Lord's mercy. We need to be able to look at these situations and say, yeah, it's just, it's right that you forgive me because what I've done does not deserve that. No way, no how. And what does Christ say on the cross? Okay, but mercy transcends that because the Father's love is bigger than that. Now, earlier I was talking about confession. Our local pastor spoke to it so well. I think it was last week when he said, we go to the confessional with our worst and uh, Christ goes to the confessional with his best. And what is he talking about? Our sin, our weakness and his strength and his mercy and his love. And so there Christ is on the cross saying, I transcend that. And that's what we enter into in your story. We, we are shares in God's uh, divine mercy.
1: You know Joe as you were as you were speaking about that I feel scripture verse kind of ties two of the things that we've been talking about together and and those two things being the the passing on of disfigurement to our children and the call that God the Father gives us in the person of Jesus Christ on the cross at, for love to transcend the law and that's it's really embodied in uh, Matthew 11:27, where the uh, scripture says, No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. And it speaks to the revelation of the relationship between God the Father and Christ the Son, and how the call that we have as fathers to imitate the fatherhood of Of the Heavenly Father calls us to forgive and to love in the same way that Christ does so as not to pass on the disfigurement to our children
0: amen and so it is we come back to that great image of divine sonship (laughs) that we noted off the top from Superman it is becoming a father that I've come to understand what it means to be a son if we can grab hold of this great truth Matt and then apply it to our lives and then once again, put it back in the context of our relationship with all of those around us. that is when our fatherhood and our sonship and the prism that we talk about tonight comes alive. And with that, that's a wrap, Matt. <laughs> our time has passed. Uh, but in saying that we are going to we are going to come back, I think to this theme again in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you. You've been listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening from 6.30 to 7 p.m. right here on KKXX. If you have questions or feedback, you may email Joe at jholljmj at yahoo.com. For a copy of today's program, visit joeholcraft.org or call KKXX during regular business hours at 894-7325. Thanks for listening to the Seeds of Truth on KKXX.